From Vermont Digger, I'm Mike Dougherty. This is The Deeper Dig. Today is Friday, August 17th. This week, Republican Governor Phil Scott defeated a primary challenge from the right. His opponent scored 32% of the vote by claiming that Scott had abandoned his conservative principles. As Scott heads into his second campaign for governor, one of his most persistent critics wants to take that same message to an even wider platform. All right, we're rolling. About a year and a half ago, these anonymous videos started showing up on social media. uh, Hi, everyone. I'm Elizabeth. Hey, I'm James. These two characters say they run a fan club for Phil Scott, but the videos make clear they don't have much love for the governor. Phil Scott is an amazing race car driver. Nobody can take a left turn like Phil Scott can. Yeah, he likes to make those left turns. Elizabeth and James make fun of Scott for being too liberal. Here they are proposing a Scott-themed Ben & Jerry's flavor called Rhino-licious. In this case, you know what Rhino stands for. It's a, it's an animal. Silly. It, it is an animal, but it also stands for Republican in name only. You're always getting caught up in the labels, James. Since then, they've expanded their aim to topics like climate change, the Me Too movement, and replacing Confederate statues. That is the yanking out of the statue of Mr. Civil War Bad Man. Mm-hmm. And who do they want to replace him with? They want to replace him with... Drumroll! <laughs> the one, the only, the legend, Obama. Reporters from Seven Days and VPR connected these videos to Bradford Broyles, a filmmaker and a Republican who's been involved in Vermont politics for the past decade. Broyles wouldn't confirm his involvement or talk about why these videos were being produced. Until now. Good morning. Hey, Bradford. Broyles talked to our editor, Colin Mine, from Los Angeles last week. It started off as poking fun at Scott for being liberal on a lot of things right out of the gate. And I would argue that we were one of the first people that saw that. And you fast forward now to where we are today. Now the whole state has seen what he's done as far as his policies being left of center for the most part. I would say that fan club early on saw where, where this administration was going and we wanted to make a point of it to call it out for what it is. Uh, Can you tell me a bit about your career arc on the way to getting into film production? Yeah, sure. You know, I'm I'm born and raised in Los Angeles, California, and I moved to Vermont about 12 years ago. Uh, When I was in Los Angeles, I was in a real estate business. I was a corporate real estate broker for a big firm. Moved to New England, and um, in 2007, we moved to Vermont. And starting right away, I, I was active in, in Republican politics in Vermont. I was the county chairperson for Rutland County for a couple of terms, and I've run multiple statewide um, campaigns. And kind of the genesis of where we are today with our political comedy shows was in 2010, my business partner, Len Britton, uh, was the Republican nominee for the United States Senate against Pat Leahy. I'm Len Britton. I'm running for the United States Senate. We created a series of very entertaining messaging commercials on behalf of Len's campaign that we did that got a lot of national attention and they went viral. In one of these videos, Broyles and another actor knock on a family's door as if they're giving away a sweepstakes prize, but they're not. Uh, uh, Invoice? I thought it was a check. Mommy, what's an invoice? 
This is a bill for your family share of the national debt. It's $168,000. And obviously, you know, Len didn't beat Leahy. Nobody's going to beat Patrick Leahy. But it, it kind of got our creative juices going. Broyles and Britton started a production company called Public Spectacle Media, which now makes the fan club videos and this other show called The Potwins, a family sitcom with a conservative point of view. The pilot stars Kevin Sorbo and Len Britton's son, Jonah. It takes aim at the younger Potwin's politically correct school. I told you this is going to be crazy. I'm out of here. Nate Potwin, you sit down. This is important. The word crazy has now been banned. We feel calling others crazy is preemptively judgmental. What? I'm not, that's insane. Mr. Potwin, that word was banned last year. What? Shh. It's exciting. We're the only production company calling in the country that does what is called scripted conservative humor. I mean, there's a lot of unscripted, you know, there's rant guys and there's people like Steven Crowder. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but we're kind of in a niche that nobody's doing. I mean, conservatives have never been viewed as, as funny, right? I mean, the left has the market on funny, you know, whether it's, you know, Saturday Night Live or you know, Stephen Colbert now and uh, John Stewart with The Daily Show, mm-hmm. you know, all the, all the late night guys. That's all pretty much safe domain for the left. And so our big picture vision, Colin, is to create an entertainment network for conservatives. And there's other people in the marketplace that are, share that same vision and, uh, and energies that we do. But we're looking to be a big part of that discussion and, and to create content for red state America. And it's kind of ironic that we're doing it from Vermont, you know, the bluest of blue states. That's right. Yeah, Vermont, that's, that's, Vermont and uh, Los Angeles. And neither of those are no, embrace no. conservatism. No, no. And then like we're, you know, we're out in Santa Monica. And I mean, Santa Monica is uh, it's like Burlington. You know, Vermont is a, is a fertile ground for us because there's so much, you know, what I consider to be, you know, wacky type of politics. That's that's good fodder for for us, for for entertainment. Can you talk a bit about the process of the show? Obviously, it reacts to Vermont news very quickly. You know, like, you know, there'll be sort of debates or events. And then within a day or two, you guys have turned around an episode. Can you just talk a bit sort of how the from sort of idea generation to production, how that works? Yeah, we um, and just just to be clear, the show is written, directed, produced and distributed by Vermonters. Uh, Obviously, we've got two actors in Los Angeles that we uh, that we shoot the show with. But all the content that's originated comes from Lenny Britton and myself. Lenny is uh, the writer by trade. We bounce ideas back and forth. Uh, we have another partner in Vermont that's also uh, an active writer with us. That's uh, a funny woman that we, uh, that's involved in the process as well. We create a, a bunch of ideas. We kind of hone them down to three or four skits that we like and then Len will write them, and uh, we, we shoot them in Santa Monica. A few months before he started publishing the fan club videos, Broyles wrote a VPR commentary about restoring civility in politics. Today there are forces at work on both sides, stirring up division, violence, and fear. So we need to stop labeling each other with derogatory terms. It's time to listen to those with whom we disagree. But he says his comedy does nothing to undermine that message. People say, well, fan club is, is brutal sometimes and this and that, but I would argue that our show is done in a way that it's not mean-spirited. Uh, I mean, it's, it's humor. It's, you know, does it get edgy sometimes? And it, it, sometimes, sure. 
but uh, I don't think it's nearly in the vein of what you see on the left and the right. What do you think about the general? I mean, I know in 2016 you talked about, you know, you personally voted for Bill Scott and Donald Trump and that there's sort of these drastically different perceptions of, especially in Vermont, how people sort of judge you for that. I guess criticism of Donald Trump is not part of the show. And I guess I'm wondering personally how you feel about the impact that he's had on the Republican Party. Well, you know, he's he's the president of the United States. I think, you know, do I agree with everything he says and does? You know, no. But is he is the big picture and the policy goals that he have uh, what I supported? Absolutely. So, you know, I take the good with the bad. But it really might. But my opinion really doesn't matter. I mean, it's you know, I'm, I thought we were going to talk about my shows and we don't really get into Trump too much. You know, there's enough people that that batter on the president. And, you know, we try to stake out some ground that's that's separate from uh, from what the president's doing. Sure. I mean, obviously, the shows do touch on Trump. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, hey, no we're a political comedy show. I mean, we're a satire show. So and the president is, uh, you know, gives us a lot of material. Believe me. You mentioned that, you know, you don't feel like it's uh, particularly fierce that the comedy you know, is, isn't as bad as it is elsewhere. I, I guess I'm wondering sort of the inverse of that. Do you think that it's contributing to a more civil political conversation? Well, you know, it's, it's, we're about entertaining and about, and about the funny. So whether it's civil, you know, we're an entertainment company. We want to entertain people and make people laugh. The goal is to, you know, politics is downstream from pop culture. We're creating pop culture messaging that hopefully young people is resonating with young people. And if it gets people to think differently about how they perceive things, that's one of our goals is to be able to influence people through humor to a conservative message. And so, uh, you know, I see where you're going with the civility and, and that's, yeah, that's important, but that's, we're a comedy show and, and some of it's not civil, you know, some of it's, you know, barbed. And that's that's part of pushing the envelope and and doing what we do. Parody and satire can be brutal at times. Well, there was one episode uh, about halfway through these hundred episodes that joked about uh, Vermont's media being ranked number one in the country for political bias. (laughs) So what you're saying is that the Vermont media is totally biased towards liberals. You say that like it's a bad thing. You know, I was wondering yeah, whether or not that sure. might <laughs> have some part of why uh, some of my colleagues might have had a less than uh, positive view oh. of the show. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'm just wondering, you know, Seven Days did an article looking at whether or not uh, the funding of this show might violate campaign laws and things like that. So I was wondering just a bit of, if you could talk about how you've been treated in the media, how the show's been treated in the media, and also what you think about this idea of sort of political satire maybe falling within election laws. Yeah, well, first of all, we're clearly protected by the First Amendment, and satire and parody has been around uh, politics since Aristotle. Uh, We follow the same vein as, you know, great shows like Saturday Night Live and dozens of others. You know, we're nowhere near electioneering. We don't tell people who to vote for. There's no electioneering in, in our business model. We're a comedy show, and that's it. So, yeah, I saw the you know, the seven days article, you know, obviously I've read the press and, and it was expected, you know, I didn't expect to get treated better, but uh, you know what, I've got a microphone too. 
and and we're going to use it. And so, you know, did, did we poke fun at the Vermont press and did I did I hurt people's feelings over it, you know, at DPR seven days? You know, well, guess what, gang, you know, fair is fair. So, you know, again, it's satire, folks. It's humor. You know, people, I think, realize it for what it is. I don't back down from, you know, anything, any of our, I'm proud of our material. I think it's, you know, I stand by it. I think it's good. So that's my, that's my case. You talked about sort of expanding the show beyond a Vermont audience, which I imagine is limited in a financial sense. I guess I'm wondering, is this a business plan or are you sort of trying to use that microphone to have a conservative voice in Vermont politics? Oh, 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 oh no, it's, it's a business plan. Now we're, we're, um, and again, I, I'm not at liberty to get into details now, but we're about to have the show picked up by a national platform, which changes our, you know, the business model and the income generating on a big platform for us, which is exciting. So that, that, that was, that has been the end goal from the beginning was to grow this entity into something much bigger and broader than Vermont politics to a national voice of conservatism using our brand of humor, which is taking kind of serious subjects and presenting them in a, in a funny way and making our points along the way. Can I ask you about some of the sort of uh, themes that show up both in fan club and in uh, the pot wins um, and sort of the political opinions that come through on the show. Uh, one is sort of just a deep sort of skepticism of climate change. He's so cool. Yeah, if by cool you're referring to how freezing cold it's been in Vermont this summer, I'm totally with you. James, stop. People need to know about what Groovy Phil is doing to sign up Vermonters to pay for global climate change. And I was wondering if you could talk about whether you share that skepticism and why. Absolutely grow. Oh, you know, I'm, uh, I just like to point out that, and again, it's it's humor and climate science. I you know I, I don't think it's it's necessarily settled. Am I skeptic a little bit? Uh, but I'm not. Uh, you know, climate science is something I think that gets so much attention and so much wild speculation of what's real and what's not and what's fact and what's not. And so we we weigh in on the skepticism side of things, and and I'm going to leave it at that. But maybe a better question than going uh, issue by issue sort of is, you know, as is often the case with comedy, the shows, you know, put forward a extreme view of whatever that view is. And I, I guess I'm wondering how much of the strategy here is to sort of put forward a coherent worldview or whether it's to essentially trigger liberals. Well, you know, it, it's it gets back to, we, we want to entertain people. And, and our audience, by the way, Colin, is not just conservatives. We have a lot of Dems and liberals that watch our show and they complain about it and laugh at it. And I mean, my own experience, when I see somebody that makes fun of Trump in a humorous way, and if it's done really well, I'll laugh at it. I mean, I'm not one of these people go, oh, I can't, I can't laugh at that because I don't agree with it philosophically. Funny is funny, regardless of your politics. And our goal is funny is funny. And so what, one of the things that you just mentioned that we do a lot is we play out a lot of these policies and liberal ideas to the extreme. We did a, a we did an episode on when the national anthem controversy about the football players taking a knee, you know, what if, what if your dentist took a knee in the middle of, of, of a procedure, the bus driver. The dental hygienist takes a knee and pokes a hole in my cheek on the way down. Like, who would have thought to teach hating your country in dental hygiene school? Oh, 
James, are you okay? Yeah, I, I'm okay. It's so you know we we kind of you know we we go to the absurd level of things just to make points, and that's one of the things we've done for a long time. So on one hand, you're sort of talking about you know that there's uh, the show is you know a platform to put forward conservative principles in an engaging way, right, in an entertaining way. But then on the other hand, that those views, you know, are sort of amplified uh, for effect. I guess I'm wondering whether or not, you know, there's a certain aspect of the show trying to influence people's opinion, um, but then when those opinions are too extreme, it's only for the sake of comedy. So I guess I'm wondering if you think that those two things um, can sort of exist in the same space. Yeah, we're, do we're doing that, aren't we? But I guess when when the views that you're putting forward are, you know, extreme versions of your own skepticism, that sort of thing, whether or not, you know, if indeed you're trying to influence people's opinions, whether you're sort of contributing to more extreme opinions. Ah. You know, I think people are smart enough to realize that they're watching a comedy show. And uh, like all hopeful, intelligent voters, people do their own due diligence and while I'd love to have people, you know, watch news done right and, and soak in our view of the world, uh, I imagine that people probably use other resources, too, to, to fill out that, uh, that view. And, and sometimes, you know, we go off the, the Richter scale a little bit on some issues and have fun with it, uh, maybe a little bit more out of the mainstream, uh, you know, so be it. But uh, we come back right down to the middle of the plate often enough, and I think people are smart enough to figure that out. There was one episode uh, sort of in the midst of the Me Too movement that dealt with toxic masculinity and, uh, you know, the sort of uh, woman actress on the show wears yeah. a full hazmat suit or whatever that is yeah. uh, to sort of avoid yeah. toxic masculinity. Come on, you're making that up. I am not. Toxic masculinity is so real, the Boy Scouts dropped the boy from their name. Yeah, I don't think that's the reason why. James. Funny, maybe. Ben? Made me cringe a bit. I guess I'm wondering, do, does the... Do you ever cringe at your own uh, show? And is that sort of a reaction that you're looking for? <laughs> hey, you know what? That's fine if people cringe. I, I, you know, by the way, that episode was one of the most successful episodes we've watched. Um, so, I mean, your, you know, maybe your opinion, I don't know what your politics are, but you know what? For, for every person that cringes, there's five that, that think it's, it's laugh out loud funny. And again, the over the top of her wearing like a hazmat suit because James is, uh, you know, uh, oozing toxic masculinity, which if, if you watch, you know, there's all kinds of stories about how, you know, men are, you know, the male influence in life is, is being kind of attacked in a lot of ways as being just a bad thing. And whether it's, you know, Harvey Weinstein or whatever. So, you know, we, again, we, we play it forward where, you know, She's got to wear a hazmat suit to keep the toxic masculinity away. I'm sorry you cringed, but you know what? Big deal. So what? <laughs> you talk about, you know, there's very little space for uh, conservatism and comedy. Obviously, one of the most high-profile exceptions to that recently has been Roseanne, and she was run out of town pretty quickly despite the success of her show. I guess I'm wondering what you made of all that and whether you think it speaks to the relationship between, you know, mainstream media and conservative comedy well you know i think she made a horrible mistake you know i knew when i saw that that she was done you know i i knew that that she wasn't going to survive that and i think she's acknowledged it was a horrible mistake and and again there's no room for racism and you know in my world i mean or anybody on our side of the equation here 
I think it was handled, you know, in the way it was handled. And Roseanne's going to, you know, they're going to reboot the show without her. Uh, on the other hand, I think the success of her show and Tim Allen's show uh, that got picked up by Fox now, Last Man Standing. I don't know if you ever watched Last Man Standing, but that's that has conservative themes. And, and Tim Allen is a conservative. Those shows are, and the Roseanne show showed that there's huge marketplace for this type of material, for right of center, mainstream, kind of family, conservative values in, in the marketplace. And I think even Hollywood is is grasping that. And we're in the middle of it now with our Potwind show because we're, you know, we're sitting across the table from people who we don't, we probably don't agree with us ideologically, but at the end of the day, it's about money and making money here in this town. And if you can have a show that's going to get seen by 10 million people, 15 million people, well, guess what? That, that, that works, you know, for a lot of people. And so we're in the midst of, of hopefully finding people uh, that see the value in, in the show that we're, that we're making here with the Potlins and the market that's out there for it. And, you know, Roseanne and Tim Allen show have, have helped us make the case that there's a massive audience for what we're doing. Well, thanks so much, Brad, for taking the time to talk. Hey, no problem. Bye now. You can learn more about Bradford Broyles and his conservative media machine at vtdigger.org. While you're there, check out our full coverage of Vermont's primary elections. And thanks to VPR for additional footage this week. The Deeper Dig comes out every week. Search for it and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts, and you'll get new episodes as soon as they're available. We'll be back next week with more stories from the Digger newsroom. Have a nice weekend.